God is good. All the time. All the time. We are also good. good. That's great. I'm not good at remembering date, except my wife Beyond's birthday, December 15th. December 15th. <laughs> But I couldn't forget this date that we arrived in O'Hare Airport for the first time, August 15th, 2011. After the interview in Korea, For the assistant pastor position at Korean Campus Ministry of the UIUC, Urbana-Champaign, we finally set our feet on the Chicago land on August 15th, 2011. I still remember everything about that day because it was such a transition in our lives. During 14 hours flight From ancient Korea to Chicago, Byung and I were overwhelmed by the mixture of different feelings and emotions. Hope. Hope was the first emotions that we shared. We're sure that God calls us to serve this campus ministry since we have been, had been praying for our call and ministry for the young adult. So it was just perfect. However, We are also so nervous about this new journey and transition at this foreign country where we've never ever visited, where we don't have any relatives and family members. So we had to ask for courage in the midst of the fearful feeling. And there was grief. Grief was also one of the emotions that we had. We felt the disconnection from all of the relationships, family and friends, and our own country and our own culture. And we were grieving because we are about to lose everything what we love. Likewise, there are different feelings and emotions when we may experience through the life's transition. From today, we are going to start a new sermon series Flux, life in transition. We all may have a similar experience of the transition in our life. There are many transitions that we celebrate, such as a graduation of a program and birth of a new baby, right? It's a, such a exciting stuff and a new job. And just this morning, we blessed and celebrated Caroline's, her, her uh, a new journey and which is a big transition also for her. At the same time, it could be challenging. It could be challenging since she's going to leave her sweet home. But you know what, as I heard, just four hours away, right? So you can take a bus whenever you really miss Anne's cooking, so you can visit <laughs> us, right? How about moving in and out? Is there anyone who loved that? The moving in and out? All right, nobody. Whew. You know what? According to the research, moving is one of the most stressful life event. And I can say it is true based on my experience so far. And among the various transitions in our life, the death of our loved ones would be the most significant transition in our life. And the grief is emotions. what we experienced with it.
You know what? In our culture, there is a hidden pressure toward the grief as a thing that we need to overcome and pass through quickly. Have you heard that? I have seen many people who struggle with the grief and after losing their loved ones and ask me, Pastor, I really want to overcome this grief. How can I do that? And then my response is always the same. It is okay to stay in the grief. You don't need to try hard to overcome it. Rather, it is important to name your own emotion and fully embrace it while you are mourning. Then you can gain a new strength and find a way to move forward for the new possibility with their legacy. Today, I hope we can find a message of comfort from Jesus. Peace be with you. I hope we can also meet the risen Christ who will give us a new strength and new mission to move forward in our life in transition. It will help us moving forward, moving from grief to the new possibility that would never be the same as what it was before, but it will be beyond our expectation. Amen? So, Easter. There is no other transition like Easter, right? Of course, as we talked several weeks ago, the transition what Elisha experienced was also big, right? Because it is not usual to take over the responsibility after seeing one's teacher went up to heaven in the whirlwind. But let us think about Easter. To get to the Easter morning, which is our favorite story in the Bible, we need to pass through the Holy Week, especially the Good Friday. It is true that Easter is a joyful celebration that we can see God's power over death. However, technically, it is also an event of the world come crashing down. And a traumatic event filled with a deep sorrow and grief until the world found out that Christ is risen. As we just read, Mary and Jesus' disciples were mourning and grieving on Easter morning after losing Jesus, who was their master, their teacher, and leader. Have you heard that love love and grief are two sides of the same coin? As much as they loved Jesus, they were in deep sorrow. Definitely, it was the most significant life transition in their life. Even though they had been through the same life transition, they respond differently. Mary. Oh, Mary. Is there any Mary in this room? Not today. All right. Did you know that this passage is a favorite passage of all Marys in the world? They love this story, especially in the Gospel of John. Because in the Gospel of John, she's the only one who visited the place of Jesus' burial. And these verses show us how much she loved Jesus, so she grieved, from verse 10 to 11. Then the disciples returned to their home, but, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Can you see her grief? 
How about the disciples? In general, there is a kind of criticism for the disciples who hid behind the locked door in fear. However, we can see another way of responding to the grief from these people. They isolated themselves and confined themselves behind locked door. And similarly, their emotions are confined within their bodies. So now we can see the two different group of people who respond differently to grief. One group of people act like Mary, who is openly weeping and showing one's grief and willing to face the transition to overcome it. Another group of people act like the disciples, who doesn't want to show their grief openly and try to avoid facing the grief. So let's think about where do you belong to in the way of respond to the grief? Just think about it. As I said above, there is no right or wrong way of responding to the grief because everyone has a different way and length of grieving. I used to act like the disciples. I didn't want to show my grief openly. So I confined my emotion behind the locked door within my body. So I know how much the disciples would have been comforted when Jesus came and stood among them through the locked door. Let's read the verse 20 together. One, two, three. After he said this, he showed his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Joy. Joy would be the emotion that they would never ever experience again if they stayed behind the locked door without meeting the risen Christ. But they rejoiced. Even though I tried to avoid facing the grief, there is a time when Jesus visited me through the locked door in my heart and helped me to release all my emotions. I'm sure that the same healing and comfort were given to the disciples when they encountered the risen Christ. Let's back to Mary. Mary was brave enough to face her own grief, but it didn't bring her peace. She was still weeping outside the tomb. But when Jesus visited her in the midst of the sorrow, when Jesus called her name Mary, she turned her face to Jesus and she turned away from grief and sorrow by calling him as Rabboni, which means, Dear my Rabbi, dear my teacher. The way of response to the grief is not a key, but encountering the risen Christ is a key to move forward to turn our grief to a new strength for the new possibility. So here is a question we need to think about after church. Have you encountered a risen Christ in the midst of your grief? This could be our prayer in the midst of our grief. Risen Christ, come and visit me where I'm weeping in sorrow. Open my locked door. And let me release my grief and just be filled with joy again. 
risen Christ, come and visit me today. There is one more thing that we need to ask for to move forward into the next chapter of our life, the new mission. Finally, Mary met the risen Christ whom she was missing so badly. So it would be a natural reaction to cling to Jesus. Jesus stayed with me. Jesus stayed with me. She wouldn't want to stay with him as much as she can. However, she lacked of Jesus and left the place where she found peace and comfort. Why? Because a new mission was given to her. Because she found out the new reason of life from encountering of the risen Christ. And here is a description about her new mission and new life. It's from verse 18. Let's read together. One, two, three. Do you remember how today's verse was started? Mary just stood outside of tomb and she was weeping. Now, Mary Magdalene went out and delivered the message of good news. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Mary didn't cling to Jesus. Mary didn't stay at the place where she met the risen Christ, but she went to the disciples to deliver the good news. Jesus Christ is risen. It's not hard to guess how Mary Magdalene's life had been changed through this transition. She would not weep anymore, but she would be filled with the joy of delivering the good news to the people. The disciples also received a new mission from the risen Christ. This is from verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. This is a new mission. Let me paraphrase it. My beloved children, I'm here for you to give you peace and a new mission. Do not stay in this place in sorrow. Open the door and go out for delivering this good news. As you see it. Don't be afraid. I'll be with you as my Father is with me. They would not hide behind the locked door anymore and be filled with a courage because they experience how God is powerful over the death because they confirmed the new possibility of their life from this encounter. So here is another question we need to think about. What would be the new mission that we have received? From the life transition. Around middle of June, Vian and I took one week vacation to travel the West Coast from LA to San Francisco. Have you been there? Some of you will be, your favorite place will be the West Coast, right? And San Francisco. Actually, it was the worst timing to have a vacation since we had to pack our stuff for moving. We just had one more week to go. However, we couldn't cancel this trip because it was a very important trip for us. Last March, we received an international call from Korea. It was not a good sign since it was midnight in Korea. It was from Vyang's father, and he shared that one of our students, whom we have had a very close and good relationship, uh, passed away. 
His name is Yubin, and he was 25 years old. He was a very athletic and healthy guy. I have, I have seen him since he joined our church 20 years ago. I was his first Sunday school teacher. I was his first youth pastor. I was his mentor during his college. We knew that he was diagnosed a cancer two years ago. And luckily we had a chance to see him in February when we visited Korea. At the time, the cancer was already spread out from lung to brain. But he didn't give up and shared his plan to testify how God is good all the time to his friends who doesn't have a faith. After a month from that conversation, he passed away at the hospital. It was a tough transition for me and Vian. But his friends had struggled more than us because they had to see everything for the last two years. All his pain and frustration, all his hope and faith. Thus, we planned this trip for healing and recovery of each other. So that's the reason why we couldn't cancel that trip. The trip itself was the worst experience because... Our luggage wasn't delivered till the second night of our trip. The weather was very unpredictable. As a result, we couldn't see the Hollywood sign at L.A. and the Golden Bridge at San Francisco. What a worse trip is, right? However, it was truly a time of encountering the risen Christ who gives us peace and comfort. I asked him to print out the picture of Yubin, and we brought him everywhere. Please share that picture. And next. And one more. He's never traveled abroad, but we showed him all the beauty of the West Coast. While we are traveling together, we are able to share our good memories with him and to open and release our emotions freely. And then I prepared the morning devotions and led every morning. We mainly focused on the new mission and the way of keeping Yubin's legacy through the rest of our lives delivering the good news for the people and sharing how God is good all the time. That was his legacy. During that time, I could see how the risen Christ met each one of them by calling their name and by breaking through the locked door. I could see that. I know today's theme and message might make you recall your loss and make you face to the grief, that emotion. It could be tough. And we all know that the life would never be the same as what it was before. But I hope we remember God's ability to make something new, which is not a promise to restore life as it was, 
but a promise to lead us down to the new possibility that will make our life good again. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful for your presence in our lives, especially the life and transition. There are different kinds of transition that we are facing in our lives. Some of them are wonderful and beautiful experience, but some of them are so challenging and painful. Today we talk about the grief, what we have experienced from losing our loved ones or broken our relationships. Even though we have a different way of response to this feeling of grief, we know that you are the only one who can turn our grief to joy. So please come and visit us when we are grieving and give us a new mission and reason of life to move forward to the new possibility and fill this journey to the new life with our memories in your love and grace. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.